You're listening to the Promise Church's message of the week. Pastor Jonathan brought a great word on how we can have satisfaction guaranteed as we live our lives spending time with Jesus. We hope you enjoy this teaching. How we doing? Oh, thanks, man. So kind of you. Hope we all had a good 4th of July, that no one lost any fingers or toes with being dumb with fireworks. I am not one to uh, spend money on fireworks. I will enjoy watching other people spend money on fireworks and enjoy those shows. Hopefully, if you spend a lot of money on fireworks, it was through our youth group fireworks stand because it went to a good cause. Hallelujah. But uh, I'm excited to share God's word with you today. And really, it's in theme and in line with so much has already been said in our worship time and really what God has been saying to us for the last couple months, three months or so, if you have ears to hear what God has been saying to us, he is inviting us into a a place in him of knowing him in a real deep and intimate way where he wants to satisfy us with himself, where he wants to be our everything, where he wants to be enough for us, where he is our desire, our need, our want, where he is everything. And Too often we can hear messages, we can hear ideas, we can hear thoughts, we can hear great scriptures and not really put it together as that this is really what God is inviting us into, a singleness of heart where he is our focus. And if you'll pay attention and receive what he is saying and hear his voice, you will receive something that your heart has always longed to have, which is to know him and be satisfied in him. God desires to satisfy us with himself that it is a real reality possibility that is available for you and I that we can know God in such a way where we are satisfied, fulfilled, content, full of joy, life, peace, and love in knowing him. That is what Jesus died on the cross for. That is what he gave his life for and shed his blood for. It wasn't for a casual, complacent lackadaisical approach to him. It wasn't for a, I just do what I want to do and then I go to church and Jesus just blessed my life type of approach to him. It was to be a a, a relationship with him that was fulfilling, satisfying, and where you experience all that God has to offer you because he is enough, because he is what you need. He is supposed to be what you experience in this life. And I want to share this with you today. We've really been on this theme of an authentic Christianity or a Jesus-centered life. We've talked about being a spirit-filled Christian, what it means to live a spirit-filled life. We've talked about Jesus being the center of your life. As Pastor Aaron did a great job talking last week, and if you weren't here, you need to hear it, of Jesus being the pilot of your plane, allowing him to not just have a seat on your plane, but having him be the pilot and lead your life, and having room for him in your life, and things in our lives that often get in the way are why we are not satisfied in him. When we are cluttered with the things of this world and the busyness and chaos of life, it is oft, that often leads to an unsatisfied experience in God when he isn't in his rightful place. I want to read a scripture for you, Psalms 81. Psalms 81, verse 10, says this, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. For you and I in the new covenant, Egypt represents when you were lost, 
when you did not know him. He brought you out of sin, death, hell. He brought you out of a, a, a lostness of life. This is what he did for you. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would only listen to me, you can hear the ache of the Lord. You can hear the yearning of his heart for his people to listen to him, to receive from him what he desires to give them. If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. You would be fed with the finest of wheat, with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. God desires to satisfy us with himself. If you did not realize, if you did not know, honey does not come from a rock. When I read this scripture a few weeks ago, I was like, what? Wait a minute here. I know I've read this before. Honey from a rock? Honey comes from bees, God. What are you talking about here? And I had to think about it and ponder it for a long time, and I realized that Obviously, that the rock represents Jesus. He is the rock of our salvation. But he wants to actually give you a sustenance of himself, of his word, of his life, of his spirit that satisfies you as honey is sweet to your taste. Better than the best dessert, the best food, the best thing you've ever tasted of or experienced in this life. If you want a title for my message today, it's Satisfaction Guaranteed. I guarantee you, I promise you, that if you actually give your life to Jesus fully and pursue him with all that you are, you will find him, you will meet him, and you will be satisfied in him. You may be sitting here, well, I've tried Jesus. I've tried to know him. I've, I've, I've tried this thing. Or I don't feel him like I used to. Or, you know, there's something wrong with Jesus because I just don't feel him anymore. Or I don't really, you know, I go to church, but this just seems like a dead routine to me now. Like, I, there's no life in this for me. I'm telling you, it's not because of him. Sorry to say it to you, but it's because of you. With, the word promises, if you seek him with all of your heart, you will find him. Aaron just read it just a few moments ago. Are you seeking him with all your heart? Are you willing to make time for him? Are you spending time with him long enough and consistent enough? Is he the focus of your time with him or is it about you? See, we have a world full of information. We have a world of access and affluence and abundance. People have access to so much things, so many opportunities. There, there's freedom in our, in our culture in America where you could literally become whatever you want to be if you really pursued it long enough and hard enough. You, there, there are opportunities for you to enjoy or experience all kinds of things in this world. And people are so desiring of something real, something that will satisfy, something that will fulfill them, that they stuff themselves full of so many different things. You could, you could categorize it in so many different ways. There's things all the way from careers and, and finances and trying to attain a certain level of financial success where they think that will satisfy, that will give them the financial freedom to do what they want with their life or for their future when they retire. They think that having possessions and nice houses, nice cars, the boat, the wave runners, the RV, all of that will satisfy. They think that having... Um, 
a social status of popularity where people know them, follow them. They have a, so many different likes on their social media posts. People think that if they try this substance, if they try this drug, this, this drink, this uh, thing that they would consume in their lives, whether it be nicotine, alcohol, tobacco, marijuana, opioids, they try these things to satisfy something in their life because they feel an emptiness, they feel a lack, they feel a void. There's a discontentedness, a, a greed, where they have to attain so many different things, possessions and stuff, and ha- they, they try to find fulfillment in a relationship with a person, whether that be a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, maybe even their own kids. They try to find a satisfaction from people in their life, and all it does is bring destruction to their lives, their relationships. There's a yearning, a hungering for something real to satisfy this deep emptiness inside. And the only thing that will actually bring what they're looking for is Jesus. It's really sad to say, actually, that there's a lot of people in the church world in, that call themselves Christians that actually experience, participate in the same things. They're consumed in depression and anxiety and greed and discontentedness and and drugs and alcohol and and impurities of pornography and adultery, thinking that they know God, but consumed with all these things of the world, trying to still satisfy themselves. When true satisfaction, true life is only found in the person of Jesus. He is life itself. To know eternal life is to know Jesus. But yet we try to fill ourselves with stuff and things and people and all this other things of the world that we think will actually fulfill us, and it won't. It will leave us empty, it will leave us hurting, it will leave us broken, longing for something real. Satisfaction guaranteed. I guarantee you, if you pursue Jesus to really know him, you will be satisfied. We've all purchased a product. We've all gone into a restaurant or have a coffee shop where the, the company providing the product, providing the resource, believes so much in their product that they guarantee it and that you will be satisfied when you purchase it. If not, they'll return it. They'll exchange it. They'll give you your money back. They'll let you try something else. They'll recook your food. They'll give you the same drink over. They'll re- give you a different drink. They'll give you a gift card because they believe in what they give and what they offer. Jesus believes in what he has to offer himself. This is why he went to the cross. This is why he died. This is why he raised from the dead. This is why he sent the Holy Spirit. Because he actually knows what humanity was meant to have, and it was him. It's the only thing that will satisfy is knowing him. Truly knowing him. Often we have that song by the Rolling Stones going through our head. I can't get no satisfaction. Because we're trying everything else besides Jesus. The problem is, is you can't try Jesus. <laughs> People say, well, I've tried Jesus. And they end up walking away from their faith. They end up living a life of bondage, of sin, of depravity, of depression, of discouragement, of disappointment. Because you can't try him. He is not a product to consume. He is a person that you know. And re- cultivate and nurture a friendship and that you develop. That takes time that takes effort, that takes focus, that takes intentionality. You think developing a relationship with a friend or your spouse is difficult. It's not much easier to develop a relationship with Jesus. The best thing is though that he's perfect and he's always available. He's never too busy to talk to you and he's always present. Jesus desires for you to be fulfilled in him. In Psalm 1611, 
In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. You can experience the presence of God every day, all day long, never ceasing, because he is with you all the time. That means you can experience the fullness of his joy all the time. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. The purpose of mankind is to give God glory and to enjoy him forever. God wants you to enjoy him. The best way to give him glory is to enjoy him. The problem is, as I mentioned, so often even as believers, we are trying to fill ourselves with things of this world, thinking that it will satisfy. Or we know that Jesus is better, but we can't really just give him those things. We can't just really surrender fully to him, trust him that he really is better. And so we have a divided heart. We have a heart that's conflicted, that's actually tortured inside because we aren't really willing to pursue him with everything, to know him as he intended to be known. And so now we have this constant battling and war inside. You know when you're not satisfied in God when you are holding on to things that he has asked for. John Piper says this, sin is what we do when we aren't satisfied in God. That unsatisfied in God, that sin, causes all kinds of mixture in our lives, causes all kinds of confusion in us, the people around us, our families, our friends. When we say that we know God and we, we have a relationship with him, yet we lose our temper, throw things, swear and cuss at our kids or our spouse and, and go crazy, and they, they say, we know God. When our coworkers or our friends see us getting drunk in a bar on a Friday night, but yet we say we know God, and then we tell them that they should come to church, what do we have that's different than them? That we say that we know God and that we have a relationship with him and that we love him, yet but we can't stop looking at pornography or watching movies and TVs that are full of filth and garbage all the time. That we binge watch five hours at a time, shows on Netflix. We cry when the Game of Thrones ends, yet we know God. Maybe we think we do. Maybe we know about him. Maybe we've tried him as a product, but when you've actually experienced him and actually know him in a real and intimate way, you are satisfied with him, and those other things have lost their appeal. A sign that you are satisfied in God is sin has lost its appeal. It's repulsive. It has no desire in you for it. It's not even a temptation, though it may present itself. You're like, no, why would I want that? Why would I do that? Why would I give my soul, myself, to that? What really has your heart? David cried this in Psalms 86, 11. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. The problem is, is we have a divided heart. We're double-minded. We want the things of this world because we think that they're actually better than God. When I say things of this world, I'm not talking the people in this world. I'm not talking enjoying the beauty of God's creation of nature. I'm talking about the ideas, the mindsets, the substances and things of this world that try to distract you, cause you to think a different way, cause you to not have Jesus be the center of your life. As I said 
in first service. You can enjoy hiking, camping, fishing, hunting, hobbies of different kinds. But it blows me away when I talk to guys and they say that they don't have time to spend with Jesus, but yet they can get up at 5 a.m., 4 a.m. to go fishing. You can spend time with Jesus. They wake up at 6, they go to the golf course to be there by 6.30 to golf. You can have time to spend with Jesus. We we watch TV three times more a week than we read our Bibles. And we wonder why our lives are a mess. Jeffrey asked me this a couple months ago. If there was one thing as a pastor that I could have my church receive, if there was one thing that the people of our church could actually have and possess in their lives, what would it be? One thing. I said that they would know him and are and satisfied in him. Because I tell you what, I haven't been at this very long, but when, I, when people know him in an intimate way and are satisfied in him, it just seems like everything else in their life begins to fall into place. Their marriage is healthy. Their kids are in a healthy place. Their, their finances are healthy. Their, their life is healthy physically. They, they, they evangelize. They, they, none of these things, they may have to grow in them. They may have to learn them more. But they are not in a wreck in their life. Their life is not miserable. Their life is not conflicted and, and, and mixture and confusing where their kids don't really know if God is real because their parents aren't living it. Like they actually know him and are satisfied in him. If we could give you one thing, that would be it. If we don't talk about another, another theme, another message, another idea for the rest of our lives in leading this church, this is the one thing that you all need, that you would be satisfied in him, that he would have your heart, that he would be the center of your life, that you would truly know him. I'm finding out, as Pastor Aaron mentioned, that I am trying to learn what it actually means to know him. I, I want to know him, I do know him, but I'm realizing, man, there is so much more in him to know. You can never know all about him in one moment. Even in your entire lifetime, there is more. The amazing thing to me is that God truly wants to satisfy us with himself. Not the things that he has, but with himself. God's satisfaction is in our being satisfied only in him. God is actually satisfied when we are satisfied only in him. You were meant to love the Lord. When, how do you be satisfied in the Lord? You actually receive and experience his incredible love for you. When you have experienced that love that beyond, is beyond comprehension, unconditional, where you know that nothing separates you from it, you feel unworthy, undeserving, but yet you also know that you're a son or a daughter. When you experience his real, gracious, tender love, it satisfies something in you that you are meant to live in. And then when you begin to love on him for who he is and what he has done for you, all of a sudden a connection begins of satisfaction in the Lord where you are fulfilled in life. If he never did another thing for you, what he has already done was enough. 
and you are satisfied in him. You are satisfied but desperate. You are hungry but content. It's an amazing thing. God's word is clear that if we humble ourselves and pursue him and are hungry to be with him and to know him, we will be filled. We will be satisfied. I guarantee it. God's word says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. It's, it's, it's truth. You have to believe it and you have to desire it to want it and to pursue it. And if you do, you will receive it. I want to give you three ideas or three ways that God actually wants to satisfy us. He wants to satisfy us, and it blows my mind that he does, and he wants to do it in these three different ways. And I know that often we talk about ideas like you need to spend time with Jesus, you need to get alone with him, you need to spend, you know, you need to do this with him, read your Bible, pray, worship, listen. All these great practices are, are real, but often we never kind of give you a how to do that. Like, this is how you could do that. I'm not gonna tell you that this is the only way you can do it. You should ask the Holy Spirit to teach you how to spend time with the Lord, what that looks like for you because you are different than me, but I'm gonna give you a window into how I spend time with the Lord, how I receive satisfaction in knowing him, okay? So number one, God wants to satisfy you from seeing, from beholding. Psalm 17, 15 as for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I will be satisfied with your likeness. It's a mind-blowing, amazing scripture. I wish I could just preach on this one by itself. When I awake. So I recommend the morning. First thing, put God first. Go and spend time with him. Wake up earlier than you need to. That means you have to be disciplined to go to bed at a decent time. Hallelujah. Psalms 17, 15 talks about beholding his face. Does this mean, Jonathan, that you, you're saying that I should actually see the face of God when I spend time with him? If you do, that is amazing. Please tell me about it. I, I want you to pray for me. Does that mean every day that I spend time with God, I should actually physically see Jesus in front of me? Man, please do. That is available for you, by the way, through what Jesus did on the cross and dying and shedding his blood and raising from, from the dead to, the, to heaven and the, that veil of the temple being torn from top to bottom. That actually gave us access to be in his presence and not die and be able to see him. But what I'm speaking of here of beholding is actually an awareness, a focus, and a seeing of his presence. Did you know that God's presence is with you every day, all day long? But you're usually not aware of it. You're usually not focused on it. You're usually not thinking about him in that way. You may know, well, I know that God is everywhere all at the same time, which is mind-blowing. But you might not actually realize that his tangible manifest presence is available at every single moment of your day. When you give attention to him, then all of a sudden you begin to see him. When it talks about seeing the face of God, it's his presence. When he is present, his face is there. Because he's there. His presence is him. If his presence is there, he's there. So I am choosing to be in his presence, put my focus and attention on him as if I'm looking at him. 
And now I begin to worship him. For me, beholding and seeing is about worship. I'm worshiping him, and it's a lifestyle. It's all day long. But as I begin to take time in the morning to worship him and give him praise and love on him, not because of I'm asking for something, not because I need something, but because I love him, then all of a sudden, his presence fills the room. I become aware of it, and it's like I'm seeing him, and he's in the room in front of me. Number two. He wants to satisfy you with hearing, with listening, hearing his voice. He is his words. His words are life. He is the word of life. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his words will never pass away. His words is what transforms you. His words is what changes you. He spoke and the worlds became what they are. Let there be light through his words. Yet we're too busy, we're too cluttered, we're too much in a hurry, too impatient to actually take time to listen to his voice, to hear him. I kind of talked about this a little bit two weeks ago, but I recommend practicing hearing the voice of God, listening in this type of way, where you sit, you are still, maybe there's just soft music playing like this in the background, or no music at all, and you just sit, focused on him attentive to him, listening to him, not in a hurry. And you might have to battle on the inside to keep your focus on him because everything that's coming to you for that day, everything that you know you need to do, everything that uh, is going on in your life wants to come at you at that one moment. But you have to push that out and say, no, I'm gonna listen. This one area I know I need to improve on. I need to grow in. I'm practicing growing in this area every day. God, I want to hear you. I want to listen to you. He's speaking all the time. He might speak to us in that moment like that right there, but he's speaking to us all the time. I recommend when he speaks to you, you write it down. I wish I would write down more of what my wife says to me so I would forget less. But we need to write down what God speaks to us because we easily forget what he says. He's always speaking, whether it's through other people, through an, a conversation you could have with a friend or someone in your life that you trust that's a mentor and they're talking to you. They can be someone who speaks to you as if God was speaking to you. You can hear God's voice in dreams and visions. You can hear God's voice through circumstances. You can hear God's voice through his word. In fact, you should actually know that you're hearing God's voice because it actually lines up with his word. If you don't know his word, then you're gonna get confused if you're actually hearing God. Which leads me to number three, eat. Satisfied from eating. What do I mean? Reading, meditating, digesting, eating God's word. God's word is parallel to bread. The daily bread that he, God, Jesus is the daily bread for us. He is the bread of life. Jesus is the bread that came to the Israelites as manna in the wilderness. Jesus says that we are to receive our daily bread. It's not a, not a provision thing as much as it is his word. We are to partake and receive of it. He wants to give us the finest of wheat, satisfy us with honey from the rock. His word is to be sweeter to us than the sweetest of honey more precious to us than jewels, more precious to us than the finest of diamonds and rubies and stones. 
but yet we don't normally value his word that way. We, we need to receive it into us, uh, meditate on it, which means to chew on it, to ponder it, to contemplate it, to think about it, and then to begin to apply it to our lives. It's not actually food for you spiritually until you begin to live it. If it's just reading, it's information, and it's not gonna bring any transformation. This is how often people read the word of God. They often randomly open up the Bible, or maybe they have a reading plan, but this is maybe how they read it. I just open randomly. This is not a planned scripture. Psalms 18, it's a great, great chapter. I love, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. Wow, this is really good. I'm going to just keep reading, and I'm going to read my two chapters, my one chapter, my three chapters, and we just move on. This is how I read the Bible. Again, this doesn't mean how you have to read it, but this is how I read it. I read it slow, and I pray it as I read it. I love you, Lord, my strength. And if I had more time, I would, what I would do is I would just begin to worship. Lord, I love you. You are my strength. I love you. I love you so much. You are my rock. You are my fortress. You're my deliverer. My God, you are my shield. You are the horn of my salvation. You are my stronghold. God, thank you that you're all these things to me. God, I need you to be all these things to me. I choose to run to you. You are my strength. I can't do anything without you. I need you every moment of every day. Without you, I am nothing. I am dust, Lord. I need your strength, and I need you. It can take me an hour to read one chapter. I journal it. I write down what it says, what God's saying to me. It's not about information, it's about connection. It's about eating. God wants to satisfy you with himself. You are meant to feel the presence of God. You are meant to experience his love. You are meant to experience a joy unspeakable, a peace that's not understandable, a life and a love in him that is beyond words. I'm stumbling around a little bit today because it's hard to even put into words what it means to be satisfied in God but he wants to satisfy you. He wants you to find your fulfillment, your identity, your life completion in him. Not in what you do, not in your title, not in your role, not in what you serve in, what you give. What, he wants you to find it in him. And too often we try to find our, our status, our fulfillment, our, our satisfaction in so many other things. Our heart is divided. We think that that person, that thing, that substance will help us. We, we run to th other things than Jesus to take the edge off, to take the stress away, to take the anxiety away, to take the fear away, to help take away the discouragement and the depression. Well, you were not meant to struggle with any of that. That is not the new covenant relationship, intimate life that Jesus died for. If you believe that it's something that you're supposed to carry with, with you for the rest of your life and deal with, it is a lie from hell. You can be satisfied in God. You were meant to be. That's the only way you actually fulfill what God intended for you, is if you know him in that way. 
It might mean that you reprioritize your life, restructure things, give up things, cut things out, stop things, cancel your TV subscription, fast your phone from social media. It might mean that you don't have certain friends anymore. This is the life we were meant to live, satisfied in him. We can't try to have what the world offers and what God has and think we're gonna be okay. The most tortured soul is a life who's tasted of God, experienced him, who knows about him and knows of him, and yet tries to fill themselves with the things of the world. because they can't have either one. We have a world around us. We have, a, 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 have cities that we live in full of people searching, hurting, longing for something real, something that fulfills, something that truly satisfies. They think that they have it. They think that they know it. They think that if they have that drink or that drug or smoke that thing or whatever it is, it will help a little bit. They think that the career that they have is meaningful. They think that the family that they have is meaningful, which it is, but it cannot be the root of your satisfaction. It cannot be the source of your life. Enjoy your families. Enjoy your relationships. Enjoy your friendships. Enjoy things, but they should not be the first thing in your life. He needs to be. When he's in his rightful place, life makes sense. When he is your desire, when you wake up in the morning longing to be with him, hungry to spend time with him, pursuing him, I'm telling you, you will meet him. And if there is is ever a day where you are not experiencing his presence in a way that you know that is available to you, you might ask yourself the question, am I going too fast? Do I need to slow down in my pursuit of him, in my time with him? Or Lord, where are you leading me? Maybe you're taking me somewhere else different and new and I'm gonna choose to follow. Instead, we often go, yeah, something wrong with God today. He's not here. I don't feel him. That's not how it goes. Let's all stand. There was already a call during worship today for things that we have in our lives that we need to give up that get in the way of us spending time with him, of us having him be Lord of our life. But I'm telling you, you might need to revisit that thought in your mind right now. You might need to go, do I truly find my satisfaction in life in him? Am I a satisfied soul because I have a close connection and friendship with the Lord? Is spending time with the Lord the thing that I look forward to the most? And I'm not talking coming to church, talking on your own time, by yourself. I love to come to church. I love to be here with you all. You guys are awesome. You're amazing. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so glad to be a part of this church, let alone to be able to lead it. But I really look forward to being alone with Jesus. 
I love being with my family. We were just camping for the last five days. We had a lot of great time together. It was fun. It was enjoyable. It is possible to camp and have a good time. But I really look forward to spending time with Jesus. I would still wake up early, camping. Thank the Lord for the early sunshine rising. Helps me wake up and spend time with him while my family was still asleep. If there was one thing I or we as leaders of this church could give you or have you receive, it would be to be satisfied in knowing him. Everything else in your life will begin to have life, health, wholeness, because you're satisfied and fulfilled in him. Lord Jesus, I ask, God, that you would do that for every person here today. God, that you would be so real to them that they would encounter you in such a way in experiencing your real, undescribable, unfathomable love, Lord. A love that is hard to comprehend. That in your love and in loving you, they would be satisfied. That the, any emptiness, any void, every, any longing in their heart would be filled with you. That they would truly know you as the deepest of friendships. That they would be satisfied in beholding you in worship, in hearing your voice, in eating of you, of receiving of your word. God, that you would be life to them. You would be their life. That everything would revolve around you. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you're here, that you love us so much. Bless these people. Put that hunger in them to spend time with you more than they ever have before. In Jesus' name, amen.